It's good having you and your family here tonight, today. Wow, it's good to have everyone here. I, I don't know if you can sense as you're visiting here, we, we sing and worship, we sing about this Jesus who we are passionate about. Okay, okay. And so we're going to talk about Jesus. Before we do that, I trust you have, uh, are enjoying your time here so far. And so as we get together, I'd like just to share some funny stories. And here's the rule. Um, if you don't laugh at them, I go on another half hour, hour when I preach. That's just the rule. Um, but no, no, seriously, just to kind of, we've all been raised differently in churches. It might have some different approach to church and how we were raised. But these are just funny stories. So let me start with this. Um, a father was reading a Bible story to his young son. He read, the man named Lot was warned to take his wife and flee out of the city. But his wife looked back and was turned to salt. His son asked, well, what happened to the flea? Did you get that? Okay, that's, I'm going extra 10 minutes on that message there. <laughs> Thanks, Pastor Frank. He's my laughing meter. After the christening of the baby bro his baby brother in church, little Johnny sobbed all the way home. In the backseat of the car, his father asked him three times, what was wrong? Finally, the boy replied, that priest said he wanted us to be brought up in a Christian home, and I want to stay with you guys. <laughs> three boys were arguing which father made the most money based on what they wrote. The first boy uh, described it this way. My dad scribbles some words on a page. They call it a poem. He gets paid 50 bucks. The second boy says, I, I have you beat. My dad scribbles some words on paper. He called a song. He gets paid 100 bucks. The third boy says, listen, I got you all beat. My dad scribbles some words on a page. They call it a sermon, and it takes eight people to collect the money. This lady gives a story. I was at the beach with my children when my four-year-old son ran up to me, grabbed my hand, and led me to the shore where a seagull lay dead in the sand, as it should be. Um, <laughs> Mommy, what happened to him? The little boy asked. Well, he died and went to heaven, I replied. My son thought for a moment and said, then God threw it back down? And some post-COVID humor. So if you've been away from church for any period of time, you might answer this question, who killed Goliath this way? Instead of David, COVID. So, but that's the wrong answer. Thank you, Pastor Frank. It's good. But all seriousness, we are so glad you're here today. We have an important message to, to tell you and to give you in our conversation this morning. In the promo video that was shown before I came out, it talked of a kingdom. And there's a kingdom, when there's a kingdom, there's usually a king, correct? And that king rules that kingdom. And so the question I want to ask you this morning, the question is there in front of you is, what kind of king are you seeking? See, all of us are ruled by a particular king, something that rules our life. Maybe it's the king of money. Maybe it's the king of entertainment. Maybe it's the king of your job, work. Maybe it's the king of material things. Maybe it's the king of safety or comfort. There's something that rules our life. Which king is it for you? Maybe there's not even mentioned this morning. In our time together, I want to share with you about a king who loves you. A king that wants to be your king. A king that created you, that died for you, that longs for a relationship with you. And his name is Jesus. So this morning, we want to look at four words. Four words I'm going to give you. I'm a, I'm a simpleton. I keep, try to keep things simple, and they all begin with the letter C. You can't get more simple than that. But these are four words I want you to take with you this morning to think about this idea 
but which king you are seeking. Our first word this morning is the word care. Care. Now, you're here today if you're visiting because someone cared for you to invite you to church, and we're so glad you're here. But we want you to also know that you are cared for by the Almighty God, that God loved you enough, and as we're going to share, that he sent his son Jesus to come and take care of our sin problems so that we could live with him forever in heaven. He cares for us. I love what Paul says in Romans 10.1. He says this, Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God is for them is that they may be saved. That is our desire. As a, as a faith Bible church, as, as Pastor Dan's church in Cedarville, our desire is for people to come to faith in salvation. Amen, brothers and sisters? That is our goal. That's why we're here this morning. We get excited. You see people, you might be a little nervous, and people are singing like, man, they look weird when they sing. They might be crying. They might be smiling. But we're excited about this Jesus. Ladies, it, it's like if you receive Cole's cash in the mail. Right? Listen, that's invalid. That's from 2016, so you can't try to copy the code down. But see, when, 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 when ladies, when my wife and, and the girls get, we've got 20% off, and you, oh my goodness, and you text this person and call, let's go to Kohl's. You're excited. Now, if there's a guy that's that excited, we have to talk after the service. But see, it, this is what Jesus is for us who know him. We are excited about what Christ has done for us in our life. And so, as Pastor Frank showed that video before of ways not to invite people, we may be a little nervous, but we're excited. And we want you to hear about this good news of Jesus. So this morning, we're going to start in John chapter 12, and we're going to look at verses 46 through 48. Now, if you're visiting, we have the, the, the scripture on the monitor in front of you, so feel free to follow along with us. You'll see probably some markings, some circled words. They're just, that's just for effect. Just so we want people to look at those words and think about those words, just so it doesn't throw you off this morning. So let's begin at verse 46. Jesus says this, I have come into the world as a light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my word and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my word has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. So understand this. Jesus says, I have come to be the light of the world, to pull you out of darkness. And number two, to save the world. That was his purpose in coming. So I want you to understand this morning, as we look at the life in which you live now here on earth, that decision, this question of what king you're seeking is the end all for our life. So for instance, I would this morning, I want you to think about, we're sitting watching this movie called the, the, the Humanity Rescue. We've watched movies before, and some movies, when you start watching a movie, it takes you right to the end, it gets you all riled up, and then a black screen comes up and says, years previously, and then the movie starts. That's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to bring us to the end of this movie of the, the humanitarian re, uh, rescue. And so I want us to know that we're standing before a holy God. So your life is finished. You're standing before a holy God. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it says this, just as is, is appointed for man once to die, and then comes the judgment. All of us will stand before a holy God in judgment. It's what the Bible says. This is what is the end of our life. So here we are, the end of our movie, the end of your life. What are you doing standing before a holy God? Why do we stand before a perfect, sovereign, holy God? How did we get there? Well, I want us to go to Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. 
And this is the end. This is the end for us. And I saw the dead great and small. John is seeing a vision here. God is giving him these words of what will happen at the end of time. And the books were open. There's an accountability coming. Then another book was open, which was the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they have done. So guess what we have to do? Here we are standing before a holy God. The next slide, next screen. Thousands of years previously. So now we need to go back to Genesis chapter 2. And we run into a couple by the name of Adam and Eve. You guys familiar with who Adam and Eve were? Our first parents. They were living in this garden. Everything was perfect. They loved each other. God was communing with them. They were fellowshiping with God. There was not a care in the world. And then something happened. And we knew the story in Genesis chapter 3 where Satan, via the serpent, tempted Adam and Eve to eat of a tree that God says, do not eat. They disobeyed God. God gave them a free will. They chose, instead of obeying God and his blessing, they chose to follow Satan. And guess what? Sin and death has been part of our DNA ever since. I like what Romans 5.12 tells us. Paul says this. He says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, so death spread to all men, because all have sinned. It's not rocket science, right? Did anyone have to teach you to disobey your parents? What's the answer to that? No. No one had to teach. Your, your dad didn't have to say, listen, this is how you tick off your mom. All right? This is how you make your dad up. No, it's natural. It's the sin within us. I have five children. I didn't have to teach them to talk back. They only did that once in their life, and that was it. <laughs> but we don't have to teach that. Why? Because sin is part of our DNA. We see in the world deception, death, disease, and disaster. And guess who gets the blame? God. God did this. This is God's fault. No, it's not. This is the decision that humanity made in Genesis chapter 2 to disobey a holy God. We have deception. We have death, disease, and disasters in the world because of our decision to follow Satan. Romans 3 tells us all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. There's none righteous, no, not one. Now, I know what you're thinking this morning. You're looking at your friend who brought you, and you're like, I thought this was going to be one of those encouraging, you know, the clouds are made of marshmallows and cotton candy type message, and everyone gets along, and do, 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 one of those Joel Osteen messages, you know? Well, you're not going to hear one of them here because we love you. We need to be encouraged, absolutely, but we need to find out who we are and how we get out of this problem of sin. I do tell you this, though, and if you look at anyone who knows Jesus, the story gets better. The story gets better. So you're, we're standing before a holy God. So what do I do now? What do I say to God? We're standing there because of sin. Well, now we go to the second word. The second word this morning is call. Or it's actually choice. We have to make a choice. John 3.16. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We celebrate this great rescue plan at Christmas time, don't we? 
Christmas time, we celebrate, of course, society has Santa Claus and all the other festivities that we celebrate, but we celebrate this Jesus who came, be born of a virgin, for the purpose of what? Just being a good teacher? No. He was God in the flesh, and the purpose that he came was to die for the sins of humanity so that we can be back in relationship with a holy God because we messed it up in Genesis chapter 2. God was our rescuer. God had a plan. You see, God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. And so when he knew Adam and Eve were going to sin, it didn't surprise him. He had the plan for Jesus, to send Jesus, to take care. He is our rescuer. I love this picture here. I found this actually online. Maybe some of us have this in our home. This is a picture of Jesus looking down into the water, and I want us to picture this in our life. The water represents sin in our life, and we are drowning in our sin. Humanity, we we can't get out of this because we can't do this on our own. There's a picture. Jesus was sent, the only begotten Son of God, sent to the world to pull us out of sin. That's the only way this problem is fixed. Jesus is not only just our rescuer, the Bible tells us he is a gift. Look at Romans 6.23. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That word there in this text, the word gift is this, a gracious, generous, no strings attached gift. Paul tells us this in Ephesians 2.8.9, for by grace are we saved through faith, It's not of ourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I like getting gifts. You like getting gifts. There are certain days we get gifts. What, your birthday, Christmas, some of you that are graduating, graduation gifts. Um, Father's Day is coming up next week. I'm sure we're going to get some great coffee mugs and ties. Can't wait, right? We receive gifts. Okay, guys, I don't want coffee mugs and I don't want a tie, just so you know. All right? But you know what the catch is? When someone gives you a gift, when you're not expecting it, what is going through your mind? Okay, why am I getting this gift? Okay, do I owe them anything? Do I need to get them a gift at some point in time? You know, that's that's what goes through my mind. And when we read this in Scripture, I guarantee that many of us, we read that verse. Okay, so if I'm receiving a gift from God, a free gift... What do I got to do in return? You know what the answer is? Absolutely nothing. It is a free, no strings attached. Listen, here's my son. This is the answer for our sin. You receive him, you accept this gift, and you have eternal life. So it's the choice that we have to make. It is the choice. And if we look at John 3.36, that verse gives us this choice. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. You see, it's a choice. God has given us a free will. Adam and Eve made a choice, and we are suffering the consequences from that. You, my friend, have a choice to make in this life. You believe in Jesus, have eternal life. You reject the wrath of God remains on you forever. And what that means is, is a, a separation from God for eternity in a place called hell. Choice. So if you choose Jesus, you will stand before God, but not in judgment. You will stand before God with rejoicing and celebration. Brothers and sisters, we stand before God redeemed 
You will hear the words like this, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You will hear words like, come, enter into the joy of the Lord. But if you reject Jesus, these words, depart from me, I never knew you. And you don't want to hear those words from an almighty God. So brothers and sisters, the the choice is ours. We, We make this choice. What will it be? So you say, Pastor Jason, okay, I I see. I see the two choices. I don't want to stand before God with nothing to say, with nothing to give. Like, okay, what's what's, what's going on here? What's next? Well, if you're standing before God in Revelation 20, there's only one answer to that. You can't do nothing about it. You've lived your life. You rejected Christ. And the only choice that you made was to live separate from God forever and ever. So you say, what do I do? That's another good question. I'm going to tell you what you can do. The third C is this, call. Call. We have to go to Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. And Paul says this, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That is a guarantee, that is a promise from our God. You will be saved if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. If you go down to verse 13, he says that he reiterates this, for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. See, when we realize what Christ has done for us, we realize that God sent Jesus as the rescuer, as a gift for us to take care of our sin problem. Our sins are forgiven. Our shame and our guilt are gone. And we have a home in heaven forever and ever and ever. That's exciting. Our last word this morning is this. So understand you're cared for by us as your friends, by God who loved you to send Jesus. Two, you have a choice. What is that choice? Choose Jesus, eternal life, reject him, destination, condemnation. Call. Call upon the name of the Lord. He will save you. And when he saves you, number four is this, there's celebration. If we look at Luke chapter 15, verses 7 and 10, there's a little bit of backstory behind this, but here's what Jesus says. So, just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Now, there's two parables here. Jesus is telling stories to, uh, to help his followers understand and so he tells a story of a lost sheep and a lost coin. And, and what he says here is, listen, just like, and, and, and I'm not a shepherd, so I have no idea how shepherding goes, but I understand because of the culture, sheep were income for these shepherds. You lose a sheep, you're losing money. Just like the illustration with the lady who lost the coin in her home. They found something that was valuable. They, they got it back. They rejoice, just like if we lose something. I lose stuff all the time, ask my family. And when I find it, yes, I don't have to go down to the DMV and get my driver's license again. I found my wallet. I'm rejoicing. All of us, we rejoice to not go to a trip to the DMV, I'm sure. God is, Jesus is telling his, the followers, listen, when one soul, when one person repents and turns from their way of following Satan to follow me, Heaven rejoices. There is celebration. There is a party going on in heaven when one person comes to faith in Christ. 
So this is the question that I want to leave with you just for a moment, and we'll come back and discuss it. So we, we talked about this Jesus. So who is this Jesus to you? Who is this Jesus to you? Is he someone who you want to accept, someone you want to choose? So I have, there's a few people on a video that are going to share what, that answer to that question, and it comes to the end of, the, of, of that question to say, okay, so who is he to you? So be thinking about that as you watch us. Who is Jesus to you? What did he do? What made him so special? What made him different than any other man in history? The records show his birth was a miracle. His mom was a virgin and she was pregnant. He made the blind see. The deaf hear. The mute speak. The paralyzed walk. He healed terrible diseases. He knew what was in men's minds. He knew what was in men's hearts. He knows what is in men's hearts. He knew the story of people's lives without ever having met them. He spoke with authority. He amazed teachers. He amazed everyone. Nature obeyed him. He turned water into wine. He walked on water. He walked on top of the water. He could change the weather. He fed 5,000 people from one lunchbox. He brought people who were dead back to life. He loved sinners. He loved everyone. 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 He forgave sins. He never made a mistake. He never once sinned. But we judged him. We whipped and beat him. We spit on him. We killed him. He loved us anyway. He loves us anyway. He died for us. He died so that we wouldn't have to. He paid for our sins with his life. Did I mention he loves us? He came back to life. He was dead. Then he was alive. A lot of people saw him. He is coming back. Who is Jesus? That's a big question. That's the big question. What does it even matter? What does it matter to you? Who is Jesus? My answer doesn't matter to me. Only your answer matters to you. Who do you say that he is? Who do you say that he is? So that is the question we leave you with this morning. Who is Jesus to you? When I stand before God, as someone who put my faith and trust in Jesus, I'm not going to stand before God in judgment but in welcome and in rejoicing because I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. He took care of my sins. I will never have to pay for my sins ever again. So the choice is really yours. Will you choose this Jesus that they just referred to, the Jesus who came to save us, this Jesus who was beaten, was murdered, was beaten beyond recognition for you and I, this Jesus who cares for you, this Jesus who redeemed you, this Jesus who gave us eternal life? You know, our whole life, we live, we think our life is this long, you know, 
50, 60, 80 years, and everyone can see this red piece of rope, the tape that's on there. This is our life. And this is our life. This represents our life. And all of our life, we're honest with each other. We live to this moment, retirement. Right? And look how much of life you get to enjoy after retirement. But that's our culture. This is what we live our life the way we want to live it, and we come to retirement. Ah, oh, good. And we have no thought about what happens in eternity. And you know what? What you decide with Jesus here will determine where you spend eternity. You choose Jesus here. You live with Jesus for eternity. And in this life, when you choose Jesus, Jesus is there through the thick, through the thin, through the good times, through the bad times. I mean, let me just share, becoming a Christian, it's not the clouds or you know, cotton candy and marshmallows like the bed, bed of roses. No, it's life. And because of sin, we have to go through all the, the pains of the world, but we have a Savior who's with us all the way when we pick this Jesus. But when you reject Jesus, you will stand before Jesus in Revelation chapter 20 and you can't fix that problem then. It is too late. And you will spend an eternity separate from God because you rejected Jesus. Choose Jesus here. Choose him here. Listen, I, I, this isn't a sales pitch. Please understand. I hope you don't take that away. We love you. We care for you. We want you to come to know this Jesus because that decision matters forever and ever and ever. So what will it be? You know, you heard today that you're cared for by God who sent Jesus. You know you have a choice. Pastor Frank and Pastor Mike, and I, we're not going to twist your arms. We're not going to, hey, you've got to make this decision. This is a choice that we all have to make. When you're ready to make that choice, no matter where you're at, all you do is call. You call in the name of the Lord, say, God, save me, forgive me, come into my life, change me. When you do that, God will save you. My friend, you will become a follower of Jesus. You will be what Scripture calls a Christian, a Christ follower. And when you do that, remember this. There is celebration in heaven over one person who repents and comes to faith in Christ. And there's celebration amongst the brothers and sisters in Christ as well. So I leave you with that choice. Reject Jesus. This is your destination. You choose Jesus. It's eternal life with Jesus in heaven. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all that you've done for us. But thank you for Jesus. Thank you for taking care of our sin problem. We can't do this on our own. We are destined to hell because of our sin. But thank you for sending the rescuer. Thank you for sending the gift of eternal life through Jesus. If you just bow your heads for a moment, I, just, I want to just ask you a few questions as you as we get ready to leave and, and we hopefully are meditating and contemplating on what was just talked about. Who is this Jesus to you? You have to answer that question. 
Is he just this good teacher, this person that lived in history and died, and, and it's just a, a big fairy tale, Jesus didn't raise from the dead, and, but, but he did. But maybe Jesus is just a fictional character. Well, I think we gave a pretty good argument of who he is and what he's come to do. If you ever want to talk about this and discuss this further, please talk to the friend that brought you. Give us a call. Reach out to us at Faith Bible Church or another person you know is a Christian that can answer these questions for you. Because let me just say this, my friend. It is the most important decision a person will make in his life. This decision of who is Jesus to you. This king you want to rule your life. You, we want Jesus to rule our life when it comes to the end of time. We want to hear those words, enter into the joy of the Lord. And I pray that you make that decision. But we're here to walk you through your next steps of faith. And if you want to talk about these things and have deeper questions, we are here to answer them for you. So please reach out. Father, give us a great day. We love you, and we thank you so much for our friends that are here with us. We hope they enjoy themselves and continue to work in their heart. And we ask this in your son's holy and precious name. Amen. Let's stand together. Mitchell's going to come and lead us with a verse and chorus of Death Was Arrested. For those that brought guests, the guests that are here, I just have one thing to say to you. Make sure that your friends take you to lunch. All right, that's the rule. But you are always welcome here at Faith Bible Church. We are so glad you, were, you joined us. And have a great, great weekend. God bless. Our Savior displayed on a criminal's cross. The darkness rejoiced as though heaven had lost. But then Jesus arose with our freedom in hand. That's when singing this morning. You guys are dismissed. Have a good rest of your day.